0: Welcome to the podcast today. Big day for the program, or at least for Glenn. It's his new book out right now. Glenn Beck's The Great Reset. Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism is available at bookstores everywhere. Uh, and we spent a lot of time on that today because it's really about the top subject matter. Uh, obviously, the book coming out. We want you to uh, get it if you can. Uh, but also, I want you to learn the information, and we go through a bunch of it on today's program. Um, make sure you check it out and subscribe to the podcast. tv.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your Blaze TV subscription for ten bucks off uh, if you use the promo code Glenn. And the book is available at glensnewbook.com. Glensnewbook.com. Depending on when you listen to this, there's been some issues with the Kindle version of it, uh, so it may or may not be up by the time you hear this, but the hardcovers are available. You can get them wherever you get uh, get your books. And now, here's the podcast. Listening to the best of the Glenbeck
1: program. I want to start with history. It was August 1787. It's when Thomas Jefferson authored a letter to his nephew Peter Carr, um, who had lived with Jefferson at Monticello. At the time, Jefferson was living in Paris while serving as a, a diplomat for the emerging American nation. And in the letter, Jefferson advised Cars about various topics because it was his nephew and his parents had died. And the last thing his father said was, Thomas, you're the smartest guy, most well-educated man. You're self-educated. Can you can you? please tutor my son. He covered all kinds of topics in this letter, mathematics, uh, literature. The last thing was religion. And he wrote this about religion to Peter. Fix reason firmly in her seat and call to her tribunal every fact and every opinion. Question with boldness even the existence of a God. Because if there be one, he must surely approve the homage of reason than that of blindfolded fear. When I first read that. I could not imagine the world where you were afraid to question things. I read this in probably 1984 1994. Listen to that fix reason firmly in her seat and call to her tribunal every fact and every opinion. Question with boldness, even the existence of God, which at that time, you you couldn't question the existence of God. Because if there be one, he must surely approve the homage of reason, than that of blindfolded fear. Of course he does. Reason is what makes us, separates us from the animal and our animal instinct of fear and rage those words changed my life changed my life there were questions that I didn't want to ask about my mother's death myself my childhood my future I avoided all all of these things. And I was in AA at the time and I thought I was asking the really important questions, but there were no go zones for me. There were things I didn't want to know because quite honestly, I didn't know if there was anything inside of me. I didn't know if there was anything good or worthy inside of me. There was certainly nothing I had ever met. And I was afraid that if I kept uncovering stuff in me, I would find that there was just nothing in there. I have done my best to live to the best of my ability by those words. I think that's what we connect on. You may not always agree with me, but you at least can understand that I'm trying to reason things out and I'm willing to accept the truth wherever it falls. Now in America, questioning has become very dangerous business. There are people in power that wish that you and I would just shut our pie hole and do exactly what we're told. But that goes against everything this country has ever been. Now it would make it a lot easier for the ruling class to achieve its goals of furthering consolidating its wealth and authority over everyone. And while they are telling us not to question, not to use reason, just listen to the experts. The most important thing you can do today is question with boldness. Because the roots of so many of today's problems are concealed and only asking for the truth. Can we discover it and chart a new course, one that we're all behind, one that we all understand. this book the great reset that comes out today is absolutely vital for every single american to read it is vital because it answers so many questions why are large corporations becoming champions of woke causes Why are they engaging in political debates about things like voter ID laws when no one wants them there and they're isolating sometimes half, if not more, of their audience, of their of the buying power of the United States? Have you wondered why did the stock market grow substantially through 2020 and 2021, despite the biggest economic collapse in history? Why are housing prices skyrocketing right now? Why? Why are politicians in both Democratic and Republican parties spending trillions of dollars more than the government takes in? Why is no one suddenly afraid of inflation? Why are all the central banks all around the world talking about creating their own new digital currencies? Why are the people who claim climate change is an existential threat to human life, building mansions on islands or on beaches, despite the alleged fears of rising sea levels? Why are they flying around the world in private jets that spew carbon dioxide into the atmosphere if it is almost too late? Why are the social media giants scrambling to stifle speech at every turn why is it getting worse so fast why are web hosting companies shutting down massive platforms that advocate free speech silencing millions of people why are the heads of numerous western countries including canada france the united kingdom america japan all using the same build back better slogan Why are leading figures on the left, including President Joe Biden, calling for stakeholder capitalism? And what's the difference between stakeholder capitalism and free market capitalism? Why is it none of us really trust many of our society's most important institutions? Why does the media pay more attention to a tweet from Donald Trump than to a mob burning down a police station, or to rioters taking over whole city blocks for days at a time? why is it we're being encouraged not to have an honest dialogue anymore why has political discourse become so vitriolic why are people on the ideological right and left being cancelled for the slightest misstep why were the size and scope of the coronavirus related stimulus programs so large Why did the government officials distribute thousands of dollars to families who never lost their jobs or suffered from any economic hardship during the pandemic? Why were giant corporations allowed to stay open during the covid-19 pandemic while so many small businesses were forced to close and everybody lost everything? Why has President Joe Biden worked so hard to impose coronavirus vaccine mandates on Americans, regardless of whether they've already developed natural immunity? Why have people been vaccinated, forced in many states to also wear masks in public places, even when there are very few people present? These are some of the questions that have to be asked. Because the answer always leads back to three words, the great reset. It is the most important topic of my lifetime. It is the most important topic in your lifetime. This is our great world war because it's not just the flame of America, freedom and liberty, it is the flame being snuffed out everywhere. I'm sure you're not going to agree with everything in this book. I'm sure many of your friends will not agree. But I truly believe that if you approach the Great Reset with an open mind and a commitment to questioning everything and pursuing the truth, wherever that truth may end up, You will agree that the United States and the entirety of Western civilization is in grave peril, and we are entering our darkest hour. Only resistance from those who believe in democratic freedom principles and individual liberty will be able to stop this. Your journey begins today. Pick up the book, The Great Reset. Answer these questions. Pass this book on to as many friends as you possibly can. This is an urgent, urgent call. I wish this book could have come out last year, but its so it was so hard for our, uh, for our team to get our arms around it, because it is massive and it is everywhere. There are about 50 pages of footnotes, so you know where every single fact comes from. I urge you not to go online and look at conspiracy sites or anything that is not of direct quotation from the people at the World Economic Forum or uh, any of them involved in the different governments or from our own government you can learn so much just by going to whitehouse.gov and the world economic forum it's all there we've tried to make it easy for you in a what is it 300 some page book it's available right now please order just go to glensnewbook.com that's glensnewbook.com Order your copy today and begin your journey to freedom. Real, lasting freedom. It answers all of the questions on how did we get here? What are they really doing? You will not be surprised when you see things happen in the news. All this, this whole time, we've had to look at the news and go, why is this happening? How is this happening? When did this happen? It's happening right now, and you want to know why? Read The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. It's available at glensnewbook.com right now. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program, and don't forget, rate us on iTunes. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about fact checkers. The Great Reset comes out. Uh, By the way, you have to buy the hard copy now uh, because uh, there's a problem with the Kindle version. uh, and, And so we had to take it down. Don't know what the problem is, but we'll have it fixed. But make sure you get a hard copy. This is more important, I think, in a hard copy anyway. Um, because it is going to be discredited and, uh, you know, transparency and fact-checking, it's all a lie now. It's all a lie. That's why this has 50 pages of footnotes directing you to where every quote came from, so you can do your own homework. When a person or an organizing uh, group brags about transparency, it's usually because, you know, it's like, trust me. You don't have to say trust me if you're trustworthy, you know? If I give you information, I have always said to you, don't, don't. don't take it from me. Do your own homework. Go out and dive in the research. It only becomes yours once you've worked for it. And the fact checkers and the journalists in charge of exposing fake news and conspiracy theories, they're all telling you the opposite right now. They say you don't need to do any research. Trust me, don't go to that news outlet anymore. Don't, don't go online because you're not smart enough to figure it out. Well, that's what a con artist says. Every lie is a continuation of a network of every previous lie. And there are a lot of lies. Journalists no longer expose injustice. They cover it up. They no longer watch the powerful. They dine with them or sleep with them. Why is it the New York Times has a problem with the Babylon B? the satirical news site but they don't have a problem with media matters why have the mainstream media outlets lost their fact-checking zeal over the last few years npr's fact-check series hasn't had an update in a while and nearly every single post is aimed at donald trump if you ask any you know journalists and fact-checkers they blame you But they'll do it in their typical smug roundabout way. They're not going to come right out and say, because you're a dummy. You'll hear buzzwords like media literacy. Fact checkers and journalists and academics think that fake news is caused by people's lack of media literacy. In other words, the media is just too smart for us. And we should be more media literate. You know, we just we just have to listen to them more. How's that for blaming the victim? So who are the fact checkers? This is something that you need to pass on to your friends. Who are the fact checkers? Well, most of them are exactly who you would expect them to be. They're like the cartoon version of smug elites who never worked a day in their lives. They're activists, basically, who want you to know that the right wing news is racist, evil, and nobody should ever pay attention to it and trust them because they're an elite. If you turn on NPR for five minutes. They sincerely, with a straight face, call themselves unbiased. And they all have PS, uh, PTSD from, you know, the Capitol riot insurrection, apocalyptic massacre. That's just who they are on a personal level. That's who they are. If I had to pick one example of the worst, it would have to be Ken, uh, or Glenn Kessler. He's the fact checker of the Washington Post. Kessler is the epitome of of an arrogant and shady fact checker since he started his in his job a decade ago. A study by George Mason University from 2013 mentioned Kessler. The researcher determined that Kessler and his fellow liberal fact checkers had an anti-conservative bias. And that was before Trump came along. Back in 2012, the Atlantic ran an article demanding Kessler be fired for quote, his shameless lies. The Atlantic, of course, has become a cesspool run by billionaire activists. So, you know, they're no longer shouting out his shameless lies. The Trump years, is very good for Kessler. He devoted himself to uncovering every single Trump lie. He even created a database that compiled them. 30,000 Trump lies by the end of Trump's presidency. And he won an award for it from NYU. He wrote a book about it. His own paper even nominated him for a Pulitzer. He's made a lot of money. He gained a lot of prestige. He's impressed a lot of political elites with his pretend journalism. As of two weeks ago, he's still fact-checking Donald Trump Biden. No, Donald Trump. Yes. Now Kessler has enjoyed much needed downtime during Biden, uh, Biden's presidency. I mean, he was ooh he played a major role in convincing Google to incorporate fact-checking in search results. Think of that as his legacy. So the question that we have to ask as you go in and you start to get the book, The Great Reset, how do you fact check it? How do you fact check it? Who do you listen to? Well, you don't take my word for it. You look for the footnotes. It's all in the back and it goes to original sources. Original sources are so important. Don't take somebody's spin on it. Look at the original source. So why are the media elites? So obedient to these leftist causes. What do they get out of it? If you poke around, you get the answer. The big fish are not the fact checkers or even the news outlets. The big fish are the organizations that put their stamp on fake news. Fact checkers, journalists, mostly They're mostly useful because they hide these villainous billionaires and shady nonprofits. Strap in because we did some research on this. All of them are interconnected, and it's dizzying, especially when you start tracking the money. Listen to this. For starters, who owns the Washington Post? Democracy dies in darkness. My ass. Democracy dies in darkness is a sneaky way of saying we value transparency, so trust us. Or how about the Brookings Institution, funded by Qatar, a country that has been well known for its habit of violation of human rights. Corruption in the media is not something new. Nearly a century ago, Walter Lippmann, he is the father of modern journal- journal- journalism, he said, At its best, the press is a servant and a guardian of institutions. At its worst, it's a means by which a few exploit social disorganization for their own ends. The difference today is that the press is corporate and completely obedient. There are no journalists in mainstream media anymore, only soldiers. And it is worth remembering that. It's worth remembering most of the time, true evil is boring. It's mundane. And that's how it spreads. Let me show you the most obvious example of this runaway snake eating itself is the Southern Poverty Law Center. You probably know something about the uh, SPLC. We've talked about it a lot Well, they're still at it. Republican lawmakers have been fairly aggressive in exposing the Southern Poverty Law Center for good reason. They are a radical leftist institution that targets conservatives. Um, with the exact level of hate they claim to be fighting. This is the one that has David Barton on, marked as a terrorist. Now, Snopes doesn't agree with what I just said. They fact-checked that claim about Southern Poverty Law Center, a left-wing smear group, and that incites hatred and violence against conservatives. Guess what? The rating from Snopes is false. Also, SPLC uses Snopes for its hate watch headlines. Now, speaking of Snopes, remember last year when we found out the co-founder of Snopes, a fact-checking website, plagiarized dozens of articles about fact-checking. So S- Snopes also did the fact-checking for Facebook for a couple of years. Nietzsche wrote, I'm not upset that you lied to me. I'm upset that from now on I can't believe you. Now, that should be the way all thinking people feel about fact checkers, and especially Snopes at this point. The Gates Foundation has invested a lot of money in media institutions. Bill's a real fan of unbiased journalism, right? A report by the Columbia Journalism Review about Gates' cozy relationship with world's image makers, end quote, Gates' sudden interest in journalism corresponded to the news that he's been much closer to Jeffrey Epstein than he previously said. Media Matters. Fox News correctly describes Media Matters as an online slime machine. Media Matters has publicly devoted itself to the war against Fox News. It's run by David Brock, basically a human version of a python from uh, uh, the Jungle Book. What was it, caw? The New York Times still uses Media Matters as a source, and they refer to it as a liberal watchdog group. Now, the Pointer Institute, there's another fact checker. They're a fact checking network. They let you know we believe in truth and transparency, and it can help people be better informed and equipped to navigate harmful misinformation. And at first glance, Pointer seems believable. But if you check any of the Media Bias website, Pointer rates as nonpartisan and factual and most people stop there but if you dig a little deeper you'll find out that pointer runs politifact one of the biggest fact-checking databases online in 2019 pointer released a fake news blackout with over 500 fake news websites they presented that list to advertisers urging them to stop funding this misinformation well guess how the fact checkers at pointer compiled the list They used all the fact checking databases that rate Pointer as nonpartisan and factual. More importantly, guess who compiled the list? It was compiled by a podcast producer from the Southern Poverty Law Center. You see how it's all connected? By the way, guess who gets funds, gives funds to the Pointer Institute? Open Society, funded by George Soros. I'm beginning to think maybe this George Soros guy is up to no good. And if you don't believe me, you can go to politifact.com, which is owned by the pointer institution uh, Institute, which is funded by open society foundation founded by George Soros. They rated that claim false, by the way. Now hop over to open Society foundations website and there's a ton of research on fact-checking like this page titled true or false fact-checking. Journalism is booming. Open Society Foundations, which was founded by George Soros, and owns the Pointer Institute, which owns PolitiFact.com, concludes that fact-checking is legitimate. Or you can just go to the website for the Pointer Institute, which again owns PolitiFact.com, funded by Open Society Foundation. They'll tell you that there's nothing to worry about, so trust them. The point of this is when people ask me all the time where do what do i trust you trust anyone that give you footnotes the great reset you can get it now glensnewbook.com. the great reset is out today it is vital that you read it and then do your own homework on the back you're smart enough to follow the uh, uh the footnotes all original sources make sure you get the book now glennsnewbook.com listening to the best of the glenbeck program this is the glenbeck program uh, daniel horowitz has just written something from uh, uh for the blaze Twitter suspended me for reporting a vaccinated hospitalization. This is an incredible story. Daniel is with us now. Hi, Daniel. Great to be back with you, Glenn. I, you know, I'm old enough to remember the former Soviet Union, and I remember thinking, how do people believe Pravda? How do they, how do they live their life? How do they not know all these things are a, li- a lie? Well, the answer was, A lot of people did know that they were lies, but they didn't have anything else they could go on. And so they concentrated on the things that were happening in their little life and couldn't, you know, do anything about anybody else. And those at the top believed Pravda because they needed Pravda to bolster their position. We are in this situation that the Soviet Union found itself in back in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s through the 90s.
0: Absolutely. We have unnatural selection where you only get filtered down the information that they want you to hear, even when it defies both science and really math. Specifically, what we were talking about here is uh, the degree of hospitalized people um, who are vaccinated. And they keep repeating this mantra that 90 percent, 99 percent are all unvaccinated. And I was thinking to myself, man, all the calls I'm getting uh, for people, you know, I'm not a doctor, but somehow I'm privileged that I actually know doctors, believe it or not, who will treat COVID. So people come to me and all of the recent ones in the hospital were vaccinated. So I was reporting that in my state of Maryland, 92 percent of all adults over 18 have the shots. Almost every senior has the shots. So at some point, there aren't enough unvaccinated people left. To flood the hospitals you could say it's still you know disproportionate to their share but it can't be 90 95 percent because the math just doesn't work out and they count on the fact that people don't think but glenn since i got kicked off of twitter guess what the ceo of pfizer said that if you only have two shots there's little if any protection so uh maybe he'll get kicked off of twitter too
1: I know it's amazing. They say these things after we've said them and we get punished for them, but then they come out and say it. And now it's the established fact and you can't argue. It's, it's truly insane what's going on. So what was it that you were kicked off for? Because it wasn't just for reporting, uh, the fact that, you know, it's not all unvaccinated. Um, it, it is also because you, you have been reporting stories about people that were fully vaccinated. Um, Let me just uh, read this. Dealing with another fully vaccinated patient with stats in the 70s, now in Hopkins uh, ICU, getting crappy treatment. The family just reached out to me. Stop lying about the statistics. 72% of COVID deaths in the UK were vaccinated. So they mark this misleading, um, but it's not misleading. Uh, Every fact in it, I mean, unless they talk to the family and they, you know, realize that the family was a complete sham, um, everything in it, there was no way for them to even fact check this except for the U.K. And you admitted that you were wrong in the in the opposite direction.
0: Yes, it's actually 75 percent are fully vaccinated. See, the beauty is. Uh, the U.K., every Thursday, the health security agency puts out a vaccine surveillance report. And this is table 13 or tables 10 to 13. You could see they laid all out age stratified by vaccination status. And you add it up. And again, you still see a degree of efficacy there because relative to that age sure. group that's almost fully vaccinated, um, you know, it still is less than their share but it's still 75%. It, that's very different. That's a very different story than saying 90% are uh, unvaccinated. And, and here's, Glenn, where it really matters. Um, you know, if you have something that's fully protective, then you don't have to worry about it. But when you have the overwhelming majority in the hospital that indeed are vaccinated, even if there's a degree of prophylactic protection for some, well, you don't know if you're going to be that person. It's too spotty. And you absolutely need to get treated. One of the things that they say is they, they took the unprecedented step to censor because they're worried about saving lives. They don't want you know our misinformation in their mind to cause uh, unneeded death. But the reality is by them telling people that when they get these shots, they cannot get seriously ill, that is actually preventing people from treating it at the point when it needs to be treated which is early not when they're on a ventilator and tragically i've seen so much of this that people waited till they were already in the pulmonary phase and you know then the monoclonal antibodies don't don't really work at that stage and then they're bitten by reality they're mugged by reality that indeed they could get uh critically ill i had another person a 47 year old diabetic he had three shots stood away from everyone for two years did everything that was right Uh, And this is this was in Rockville Maryland they came to me for advice from some of my doctors hey what could we be asking for and of course they give them nothing but remdesivir this really is a pandemic of the untreated
1: it really is um, and it is it is immoral and unethical when you know that treatment in the first week is critical if you just say take some Tylenol and go home and keep your fever down, you are aiding coronavirus. You're actually helping it in the worst most dangerous phase which is phase 2. You become infected, you can be infectious with others, you start to feel the symptoms and then it starts to get really nasty if you don't if you don't nip it in the bud by week 2, you, you can't use any of these therapeutics. You are on a ventilator. And it's, it's immoral and crazy. Crazy. This is really the biggest story of the century. The fact that doctors
0: are punished for treating it. Uh, they're, they're convinced not to even embark on treatment. And you'll have the same doctor that will look for COVID where it doesn't exist. That will say that a two-year-old with no symptoms needs to wear a mask. But then if they get their 70 year old diabetic patient call up, uh, been a patient for 20, 30 years, says, hey, look, I got COVID. I have it right now. Hey, stay at home until you can't breathe. And what makes no sense is even if you're not aware of hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which, by the way, the new DARPA uh, DOD document we now see from that major Murphy uh, it admitted that it works and they knew it worked. Uh, but putting that aside, Simply giving someone steroids, steroids, a a, a nebulizer. You tell someone you have pneumonia, the doctor will prescribe prednisone, um, nebulized budesonide. This is standard on-label care, yet you call it COVID, suddenly you're not allowed to treat it. And Glenn, I literally do not have non-sinister motivations um, to use to explain this. I just don't understand it
1: yeah i don't anymore either i mean you know at the very beginning I-, I thought everybody was doing their best everybody was doing what they could um and you know but but those those are out the window i mean i'm sure you saw the um the news that came out last night from project veritas which verified our special Um, that Fauci absolutely knew then more documents come out today he was hiding gain-of-function he's been lying Um, God only knows how many people died because they were playing cover-up for their crimes uh, without telling anyone what was really going on in Wuhan Uh, I I mean the, the nefarious nature of this science does not survive this Medicine doesn't survive this with any kind of credibility uh, unless they correct these mistakes and punish the people who are involved. Do you agree?
0: And this is why I, I think it's really important as the state legislatures now meet in most states in January, February, not to walk away from this. Even if Omicron's the end of this and it does appear to be a lot milder and it's over with within a month, hopefully, praise God, let's say it is. We can't walk away from this because we have already no. established the president that they could come, unleash a virus, block treatment, take away our liberties without due process, without showing their work, um, without any evidentiary standards. And we don't have the rights to our, to our own bodies. And, and I think one of the most important things we can do, uh, it's very hard to amend the federal constitution, but state constitutions, uh, especially in these red states, we need – a clear amendment in there that recognizes bodily autonomy um we have now learned from the last two years that there is no such morality or science (coughs) behind the notion that if you don't get a medical device treatment or therapeutic somehow that affects me and that needs to be sacred that the government can never impose upon someone's body a treatment a device a vaccination because if it works it works, and you're the dumb one for not getting it. If not, not. Um, this, this needs to be full stop in every legislature.
1: Um, Daniel, we're talking to Daniel Horowitz, uh, Blaze podcast host, conservative review, also senior editor at uh, theblaze.com. Daniel, I, I, I want to ask you about the Supreme Court on Thursday. They say they're coming out with two decisions. Any news on what you think those decisions are going to be about, let alone how they're going to rule? You know, I've stopped
0: trying to ascertain what they're going to do or not do. But I will tell you, and this is important, even if it's a victory, just to be clear, this is just at the federal level. So this doesn't mean that the state or the companies, the hospitals cannot impose it upon you. It's just that they're not forced by the hands of the uh, CMS or OSHA to do so. So. That is a big win. That is a
1: big, it is a big win. It requires then now the blue states and the red states to sort it out. But it keeps the federal government from having these police force powers that are out of control.
0: Yes, and and my feeling is I don't think they're going to get into the nitty gritty much on the underlying science. I think the easy thing is just that Congress never authorized this, um, both from the CMS and OSHA standpoints. There quite literally is no statutory authority there. So this is an easy one for the Barrett's and the Kavanaugh's of the world that don't want to do categorical uh, rulings on the meat and potatoes of the pandemic. This is an easy way for them to escape it and just say you don't have the statutory authority.
1: Okay, real quick. They say there's two um, rulings coming down. What do you think the other one might be?
0: You know, it is... It is unclear if it's going to be a religious liberty one. Um, right now in the docket, I have not seen them grant cert to some of the bigger ones yet. So, Glenn, I don't know what this mystery is, um, but I don't like surprises when it comes to the. I the- don't either. <laughs>
1: No, neither do I. All right, Daniel Horowitz, thank you so much. God bless. Thanks for keeping us up to speed. And also, thank you sincerely, Daniel, for all of your hard work on just guarding the constitutional lines and uh, and being playing a big, big part in uh, Conservative Review and also uh, Blaze TV. Thank you for everything. Thank you for spreading the word. <laughs>